Welcome back, folks, to the Mailwright Show. This is episode 256. We've got a returning guest. We've got John Griffin coming back on the show. It's he was Giffen. on the show. It's okay. It's Giffen. Giffen. Sorry. Yeah, all right. Let's all right. do Giffen. No, let's do it again. <laughs> Giffen. Sorry. I apologize. Don't worry. I've gone many no, years without that. No, let's do it again. So. Three, two, one. Welcome back, folks, to the Mailwright Show. This is episode 256. We've got a returning special guest. We've got John Giffen back. Um, so, John, you were on last um, last year, and yeah. to say things have changed is a slightly <laughs> understatement. Would you like to quickly give us a, like a twenty second intro about yourself and your background, John? Yeah, I um, um, I have been um, in the real estate business for about twenty years. Uh, it's second career for me. I was in the uh, commercial printing and packaging business before I got into real estate, but I've owned 15 homes. Some of those have been investment. Um, most of them are primary residents, but uh, got licensed, um, uh, became an affiliate broker. Um, three years later, I got my broker's license, became a managing broker of a firm, of an ERA franchise firm and uh, have been uh, selling. Um, uh, I was rookie of the year, my first year in real estate. Um, sold multi-million dollars worth of business over the years. Uh, I uh, was a managing broker during my sales career when I was uh, managing 480 agents and selling. Uh, I closed about 37 to 40 transactions my last year of, of really selling. Now I just sell to, uh, uh, to close friends. Um, I manage um, uh, seven uh, offices and seven principal brokers in the greater Nashville area for Benchmark Realty as director. There's not operations. much. There's not much that John doesn't know about the real estate industry. <laughs> he also writes regularly for Ingman, and he also has his own great website, um, which is JohnGiffen.com, and we have all the links in the show notes. And on that site, John has also written a book. That's really an extensive guide if you're looking to enter the real estate industry and you're looking for a practical but very detailed guide about all the factors that your initial training doesn't give to you. And he's very um, generous because he offers a number of the chapters of the book for free as downloadable PDFs. Mm -hmm. So um, please go to the show notes because you'll find all the links to the resources I've just mentioned, and they're fantastic. I also got my great co-host, Robert Newman, and I, after a year, I called him Richard Newman, uh, but he is, he is the only <laughs> Robert Newman. Robert, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, I'd love to. So uh, I'm a, a lifetime salesperson and a uh, uh, a, a convert to digital marketing. I, I like John. I had two careers. My first was telemarketing, and uh, once I saw a three-person department out produce uh, fifteen hundred people, I knew that the way of the world was the web. And I transferred my career into real estate specifically, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. That was thirteen years ago. You can find out more information about me at inboundrem.com. Right, and we're going to start off our discussion with John with a recent article that he wrote for Eggman, and that's why you should treat your relationships with clients like a partnership. So let's start off with that, John. So why did you write the article? And secondly, what is the what do you see as the key thing you were trying 
to purvey to the readers about the article? I think a couple of things. Um, I think one, um, and I find this with, and I still have a lot of agents who come to my office on a regular basis. Um, and I may have shared this in the last um, uh, episode that we did last year, but sometimes I feel like a therapist, a psychologist, a counselor, uh, because I know Robert, I know Robert feels that way. Yeah. I'd have to bill Robert. The agents are free, but Robert would, I'd have to, I need to get his credit card uh, to, uh, because uh, I'm sure he's got a bunch. <laughs> but no, seriously, I uh, I think what we're uh, seeing is uh, over the years, um, a lot of agents um, will only look to the end of their nose. And what I mean by that is they're looking at that commission check. And because of that, they're short-sighted in that relationship with the client. Now, I'm not saying all agents are like that. I'm just saying that I've seen a trend to where, uh, you know, in Tennessee, we've had a tremendous number of people who have got licensed and uh, they are, uh, we, I, I think when I started in the business, we had probably 10, 11,000 licensees, maybe 15 at the most. Now we have almost 40,000 licensees in the state of Tennessee. Getting a real estate license is pretty easy. It's selling real estate that is the most difficult part. And, and so when I talk to agents about, the importance of what we're doing, which is uh, a client is entrusting us with their greatest asset. We've got to, one, realize that we're running a small business. Two, that we uh, have a unique value proposition, uh, which allows us to sell their property or help them purchase a property. And three, that uh, I cannot do everything in this relationship in terms of making sure things uh, take place. And what I mean by that, and that's the reason I use the word partnership, is I'm not dragging the client along. I'm walking side by side with them. Good example for a seller, and you list their property. I have certain expectations of that seller. That is, they're going to be, one, hopefully they listen to me, that when we walk through their house, that they understand that they're going to have to declutter. They're going to have to stage the property. They're going to have to be open to the possibility of professional staging, um, which may require them to uh, really make some major changes to the interior of the property. The same is true with the exterior. They're going to listen to me, hopefully, because I've had success. I know what I bring to the table and uh, that expectation set. And so we're going to work together to make that happen. I spend three to four weeks with a seller before we even put a sign in the yard. And because a, a home becomes a house, which then becomes a commodity. And so you're going to be competing against a lot of other homes. So setting those expectations uh, are important. So we're going, to, we're going to do it together as partners. For buyers, we're going to do the same thing. In, in a buyer partnership, we are going to work together to find their new home. And what I'm trying to do with buyers is at the very beginning of the relationship, I sit down with them for about an hour and I go through how I operate my buyer representation side of my business. I have a property marketing side, which is my selling side, my listing side, but I also have a buyer representation side where I represent buyers. 
And there we're going to set those expectations of one, um, I'm going to be the only agent in my company through designated agency who's going to work for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to mediate for you. I'm going to negotiate for you. I'm going to uh, advocate, use all those terms, but I, uh, I am going to go to uh, the bat, uh, go to bat for you and make it happen. The other part of that is I have expectations of you, the buyer. You're not going to go behind my back and buy a home without me involved. And, and the reason is I can, uh, after I've explained the importance of buyer representation and what I do bring to the table, then the buyer is more likely not to move forward with a transaction if they know I've got their back. And um, I've had many of an agent walk in my office saying that their buyer went behind their back. And, I, and the first thing I asked is, what did you say when you first met with them? Did you set those expectations? Did you explain to them that you're a small business owner? You know, our time is money. I mean, just go down the list. of And, and those were some of the things I think I brought out in that article. That's great. Over to you, Robert. Um, uh, well, okay. So for the audience, I said a little bit of this in the preamble, and I will circle back around and talk about this, this but uh, I want everybody to know, everybody that's listening, everybody, because, you know, John and I find fall on two separate sides, which, John, you probably don't even know, but John, you know, focuses his company and his efforts on learning more about Facebook and Facebook marketing and generating leads that way. And I focus on inbound marketing, which is a combination of SEO, search engine optimization, you know, things like that. But the, the key element of, of inbound marketing is the value of informational content. And do you take the time to put that online someplace for somebody to, to learn from or appreciate and you, sir, whether you understand it or not, I consider you to be a world-class inbound marketer. You may not have the SEO chops because I don't know that you've taken the time to understand how the search engines work. But in terms of do you produce valuable content for people that I haven't seen any, anybody do anything better. Like, let me, let me just put it that way. Like, I've Well, can I just slightly interrupt what sure. you've just said? When you were saying that... Um, it is linked to the article and it's linked to what John's just said because it, we we do have a habit of thinking that people should just know about us and know what we're going to be able to do for them. You know, it's on the website or we've discussed it before on numerous occasions. But it doesn't really work that way, John, as an agent, and it doesn't mm. work in most businesses you really got to explain the value proposition to every new possible client that comes on your radar, don't you? You do. Um, and I, and I, I call it in the book, uh, and I, I believe I wrote an article for Inman last year, um, and I probably need to revisit it again, is that value proposition should be considered a unique value proposition. For example, for Robert, in what he does, and what he brings to the table from a technology standpoint is a unique value proposition. Um, you know, we all have value propositions as real estate professionals. We have access to the MLS. We uh, have signs that we can put in the yard. We have lockboxes we can put on the door. We have access to Zillow. We have access to um, trulyarealtor.com, all of that. But what makes us unique? What, keeps, what helps me stand out? 
And what helped me stand out as a real estate professional, I had all the tools, the technology tools, the, um, uh, the marketing materials and things like that. But it's how I use those. And it's how I would bring those tools to the table and yet do a few more things. Um, I literally, my reputation as a uh, professional realtor was built on the fact that I was a shepherd of the sheep. That is, I grabbed those clients by the hand and I didn't let go of them. And I, I prevented them from experiencing the bad and the ugly of real estate. You've heard the good, the bad, and the ugly. I yeah. wanted them to see the good. I, I did my best to keep the bad and the ugly away from them. And I teach on this uh, to our agents and other classes that you have got to keep what goes on behind the green curtain in this business away from your client so that you always look like the prince and not the crazy person that uh, uh, is trying to break down the castle door. So. Which, if that makes sense. It does. But John, we probably, do we have to, do I have time to, to, to get my question out or? Sure. No, we probably. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong we're, com <laughs> we're coming to the, about the 13 minute mark. So if we go for a break, then, then we go over to you, Robert. And, but uh, it was a, a really fantastic article. And I, I, I strongly advise people to go and read that article but really, and also John's got a great um, podcast. He's joined the podcast tribe. And um, I haven't, I, it's on my list to listen to some of his podcasts. But if it's anything like um, your, the documentation you provide and the quality that you provided to our podcast, it, it should become a, a real favourite for our listeners as well as our show. Because John really does bring an enormous amount of clarity to a very confusing industry. That, I think that's one of your great strengths, John. You bring a lot of clarity to a very confused industry. So we're going to be back in a few moments and I'm going to hand it over to Robert. We'll see you in a few seconds, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay, get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. We've had a fabulous returning guest, John Griffin. Uh, um, over to you, Robert, and over to your question. Well, actually, I was just going to follow up. So, so I started off by my preamble was, hey, this, I, I was just basically telling the audience, John, that I consider you to be a, an inbound marketer worth checking out, which I've said countless times. You should go to his site, do you have a minute, uh, book.com. I've referenced it to at least 100 agents individually in consultation calls because it contains assets and how to sell a home. Well, right now what we're talking about to finally get to my question is John is talking about doing value adds um, uh, in, inside the initial qualification process. My original recollection, John, was you were also on our first show, and I may be wrong, but I think that you were talking about using open houses to, mm -hmm. as, a, as a source to generate leads. So here's, I guess here's my... My question. Your approach is, is wildly informational. So is mine, by the way. 
And I, I like to have a style inside my communication where I take literally the biggest problems that I have inside the sales process mm. and address them up front. In other words, if I have a, like, I, I absolutely have big objections to come up with my services price and time length, you know, length of time it takes to succeed. Those are usually the first things I talk about, not the right. last, not at the end. I'm kind of curious to know your philosophy in terms of coaching and training your, your large group of agents. Do you, do you buy into that philosophy? Do you buy into, buy into something else? Like, where do you sit with that? Well, here's where, uh, Robert, that, Robert, that's a great question. And um, this is my belief. Uh, the book that I wrote, the podcast that I do, which is called Broker Insights, the Broker Insights podcast, which uh, I was considering writing another book this year, but I decided to get into the podcast world and I'm loving it. It is absolutely, and it's getting a lot of good response too. And I've got some interviews coming up with some folks like you guys are doing uh, that I'm really excited about. But the underlying fabric of what we do is a small business. And I think the consumer needs to understand that. As real estate professionals, we are small business people. So let's take buyers, for example. And I teach this uh, to my agents. Do not put a buyer in a car until you have sat down with them and explained the buying process. They need to understand. And in my book, and also on the website that you referenced, do you have a minutebook.com? I have a flow chart that I created and one is called the buying process. The other is called the home selling process. And I use that flow chart as my talking points of this is the way this is going to work. If you, this, it's going to happen this way if you work with me. And of course you got to build rapport and you got to make sure that, you know, things are working out well. But I also talk to them about how I get paid. Uh, for buy, you know, from a buyer representative a representation standpoint, I talk to him about the fact that as a small business, I have expenses and I don't get paid for reimbursement of those expenses until we close on the on the house. Now I don't dwell on that, but I have bullet points that I go through so they understand how I operate the business, and I find that to be very educating to the consumer. And I uh, adapted a philosophy. If you listen to this uh, last podcast, I tell a story about uh, a client um, who went behind my back and I lost $17,450 worth of sales commission. And this was many, many, many years ago. It's like my first year of selling. And that was the last time that ever happened. And I, that was a hard lesson. Um, it was, trust me. Uh, it was harder going home to my wife telling her what had happened. And so um, that's when I began. And I had a great mentor at the time who told me, John, you've got to sit down with these people. They've got to understand this process. They have to understand how this business works. And so with the tools that Robert, that you talked about and, and some of the tools that we have, then I share those and how we can make their life easier with a mobile app. With Real Scout, which is a new platform that we're using at Benchmark, um, a lot of brokerages are using that, but we've had great success with that. Um, you know, we're moving into using a Moxie Works, and, and uh, I mean, these are things that don't replace me, but help me do what I do. And uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but it's uh, I do the same thing with with sellers too. So, um. John, do I have time to, to take a tangent real quick? 
Sure. You've got, you got a good. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You've got a good um, ten to twelve minutes. So okay. So well, I want to I want to hit my my question that I cleared with everybody at the beginning of the show before we turn before we went live. But I you brought something up that I've never heard of, and I always like to ask a couple questions when when a professional like yourself mentions something to me that I've literally never heard of. So I'm looking at Real Scout right now, which is the first time I've ever looked at mm-hmm. it. And it's saying on the homepage where agents and home buyers search for a home together. Can you explain to me how you're using this tool as a brokerage? Yeah, Real Scout is a platform that utilizes uh, artificial intelligence. It learns the behavior of the buyer. So we register them. Um, we set up an account, uh, or they can set their own account up with them. And the agent, for example, Robert, you're my 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 buyer client, right? And so what I'm going to do is send you a link to where you can register uh, with Real Scout, and that link allows me to always be your agent in that account. Um, but it's a search engine. It's a platform that is tied into our MLS. Um, uh, and it provides us with uh, opportunities for them to search for properties. It learns the behavior of the buyer from the standpoint of how they're searching. If they're spending more time looking at kitchens, pictures of kitchens, or looking more at backyards, they're looking more at um, maybe uh, master uh, bedrooms, um, uh, then it's going to start bringing up houses that are going to probably be closer to what they want. The other thing that it does, it automatically notifies them of new listings based on their behavior, based on their search, and they put search criteria in. So it's not, it's not right. It's, it's, there is science behind all this. The other thing that it does in our own company, for example, if I was listing a house in Nashville that met the needs of some of my colleagues' buyers, then it will alert those buyers of my listing and also vice versa. So we have a lot of interaction so that uh, it helps sellers too because uh, it helps get listings sold. We, we uh, started Real Scout about six months ago and, um, and we have had, um, I think, about 75, 80% conversion within our uh, 1,250 uh, agents. So when you say 75 to 85% conversion, does that mean that these agents are using it? Is that yes. what you're defining yes. as conversion? Yeah. Okay, they so they have, they have the opportunity to use the tool. Right. And 85 out of 100 agents are choosing to use it. And yeah. if I remember correctly, you've got about 1,200 agents in your... Yeah, your we have 1,250 right now. So okay. over seven offices. So. Okay, so you've grown. So which leads me, which segues really nicely into my next question. And this is probably a Robert Newman question. I just realized that after we got off the call, I obviously have a, a preconceived notion of what like a director of broker operations does. But the more I looked at you and the more I looked at your stuff, you operate like you're an independent contractor. And the way I started to view you in my head was this guy feels to me like he's like an internal coach, like Palm Ferry, but a lot more information. He's probably coaching up all of these brokers who are then going out and running the office. Well, that whole dialogue made me go, I kind of wonder what it is you exactly you do at the brokerage. And if I had the chance, I wanted to ask the question. 
Sure. Well, I wake up every morning asking that question, uh, Robert. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, in, this, uh, in this business, uh, and I'm very blessed because uh, I work for a company. I started with a company 10 years ago, and we were very small. Um, uh, Philip Cantrell, who's our CEO, the owner, he and his wife, Amanda, owned the company. And we were a very small company. When he started in 2006, he started with about five or six agents. And, um, and, and it has grown to what it is now. And it's through his vision. He's one of the smartest people. Um, my father, who was my mentor, um, will never be replaced by anyone, but Philip's right under my dad. And, uh, he has a master's in economics. He's really good at what he does. He's an incredible entrepreneur, but what, uh, but he came from the printing industry too. And so we use systems and processes. So long, long story short, to get to the answer uh, to your question. He made it. He started out, he was the principal broker of Benchmark. We had one office. Um, I had moved my license. I was a principal broker for another franchise firm. And I moved my license to Benchmark. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to take a break from bring, being a principal broker, a managing broker. And I will just sell. I'll just be full-time sales. And then over about a three or four month period, uh, Philip harassed me quite a bit. He said, I want to step down. Uh, I've got to be the CEO. I want to grow this company. And I want you to be the principal broker. And I said, what part of no do you not understand? And, um, and um, I eventually said, okay, I will. And um, so I became the principal broker. We had probably, when I took over, maybe about 100 agents, maybe 150 and then we took off. It was like throttles on a jet aircraft. You just we just throttled, uh, went full throttle, and uh, we grew and grew to the point where we opened uh, one office here. We opened another office there. We and, and before we knew it, we before we knew it, we had about six offices. Well, um, I had made a transition from selling and being a principal broker to just being a full time employee of. Uh, being a broker, he made me, he said, you know, you know your stuff and uh, I'd like for you to consider being manager of broker services, which would be an overseer of the principal brokers and be an advisor and consultant and making sure everything is is happening in terms of the mechanics of real estate, making sure that we're staying in compliance. And, uh, and then about three years ago, um, uh, I was promoted to director of broker operations where all the principal brokers report to me. I'm their, bo- their boss uh, and I oversee all the offices. So I'm sort of like a chief operating officer, but not really. Because if you look at real estate, we have two parts. We have the mechanics and we have the business side. My specialty is the mechanics. I know how this thing works, what we call real estate. I know how to get things from point A to point Z. And to do it well, I'm not bragging, but I've been beat up enough over the years. I can get you through a process. I know the legal side. I know the regulatory side, the federal side, the RESPA, HUD, the whole bit. And so I'm considered the chief principal broker of Benchmark. Gotcha. I'm the, I'm the one who uh, basically is the conduit to our real estate commission, the conduit to um, our, uh, the federal side, the whole bit. But the other thing I do in the background is I write, um, I write the, uh, the licensing, it's called the Tennessee Residential Core 
which is required for license renewal. I, I write that for Tennessee Realtors, which used to be the Tennessee Association Realtors. I also uh, write for two distant uh, online education providers. And um, I write for Inman and now the podcast. So, but the reason I do all of this though, Robert, is I don't do it for me. I don't do it to make money. Trust me. I'm not becoming a millionaire since I wrote that book. I get to go to Outback once in a while when it's open, um, you know, uh, pre-COVID. Um, but I'm getting to the point, I'm, I'm approaching 60. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting close. And what I want to do is I want to finish well. I want to give back uh, to this industry because I really believe what we do in real estate is noble. And there's still a place for us in the in the economy of this country and in North America. So, anyway, that makes sense. You're my hero for the day, man. Yes, no. it, makes, it makes sense. I uh, I really I couldn't have said it better myself. I've been approaching this from a different angle, the digital marketing angle, and but but my approach is it resonates deeply with yours in the sense that. I don't feel like digital marketing needs to be as complicated as everybody is making it. And I feel mm-hmm. like people that have the power inside the real estate industry is actually the individual realtor. It's just whether or not you decide to claim that power because the expertise still lies with the guys and the gals that have their boots on the ground. And that's, that's where all the digital marketing gravy is if people would just use it. They I just know. don't. Well, it's digital. Um, well, I we, just say digital marketing is one way you can stay in front of your clients and right. your prospects, and that's right. what's important. We need to wrap uh, wrap up the podcast part of the show. We like to keep it around the thirty minute mark, but hopefully, um, John can stay on for some bonus content. Mm-hmm. Can you stay on, John? For most definitely. Most um, I just want to ask him about how you sees how the pandemic will affect real estate in the next eighteen to two years and cover some other quick topics um, which you can watch you can watch the whole interview plus the bonus content on the Mel Wright YouTube channel so let's put go to YouTube put Mel Wright in and it's the quickest and most easiest way to see all our interviews and also if you subscribe to the show it tells you when the next show is live so it's a great service so I suggest you go over to YouTube and search for Mel Riot and subscribe to our show. There must be over 200 interviews on the Mel Riot YouTube channel right now. Experts like the quality of John, so well worth listening to, and all free as well. So, John, now how can people, you know, find out, you know, go and mention your podcast. Oh, yeah. And also mention how to find your book. Because if I truly... I think as somebody in their first year or probably in their second year, mm-hmm. they should really buy your book yeah. because I, uh, I read some of it. And yeah. if I was going to get a license, yeah. I would buy your book. Uh, well, right? yeah, it's, it's, it's designed for those who, it really is good for those who just get into the business. Uh, you can purchase the book on Amazon uh, in paperback, Kindle, and also in audio version through Audible. And that link is on the Amazon uh, book page. You can go to audible.com and purchase it too. It's also available through National Bookseller, any bookseller uh, 
to um, you can order it through any bookseller. And um, um, Ingram um, here in Nashville uh, prints the book for me. Uh, the podcast, which I'm really excited about, is uh, Broker Insights Podcast. It's on every major podcast platform from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to iHeartRadio. And you also can listen to it on my website at johngiffen.com. Just click on Broker Insights Podcast. That's great. And you, you have to come back on the show um, in the beginning of next year. Don't leave it so long, John. Um, Robert, how can people find out more about you and your business? Well, I gave this huge preamble, so I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to just say, hey, you want to learn more about me? Uh, go to inboundrem.com. That's the word inbound, rabbitedwardmichael.com. And if you want to find out more about Melwright and... We've been busy in the in these months of COVID and the pandemic in building out our Facebook campaigns and making sure they get results. We're now actively looking for agents and people to become part of the Melwright tribe. I think it's the most value for money, most effective platform in real estate at the present moment. So if that's interesting to you, just you can go to the Melwright site and sign up for me to show you a free demo and discuss all your real estate problems and how Mailwright can help you with that. And that's totally free, folks, so I will take that up. We'll be back next week with another great guest like John or an internal discussion between me and Robert. Which isn't so great. It's great stuff. I thought (laughs) thought our last one was pretty good. I'm just joking. Yeah, he's just teasing me. Um, I'm shocked by that intervention. Uh, um, We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye.